I believe God has a good word for us this morning, so let's just dive right in. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 7. The Word of God, the Apostle Paul writes this. He writes, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This morning, I wanted to do something a little different. I wanted to do a word study, and I wanted us to take a look at three key words in this verse, and I think um, it will encourage us this morning. And so the three key words that I want to look at is treasure, jars, clay. Treasure, jars, and clay. And so let's dive right in, and let's look at the first word, treasure, treasure. The Apostle Paul writes, but we have this treasure. What treasure is the Apostle Paul talking about? The treasure that Apostle Paul is referring to is very specific. The treasure is the good news of Jesus Christ. The treasure is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the treasure, and as believers... We all carry this treasure in us. We all carry the gospel of Jesus Christ in us. We all carry the good news of Jesus Christ in us. And last month, through our Just Walk Across the Room campaign, we learned that this treasure that we carry shouldn't be kept to ourselves, but rather it should be shared. It should be given away. I have a friend uh, his name is Richard, and he's Chinese just like me. He's probably more Pakay than me. And, and my friend Richard, this is the thing about Richard. We both love a good bargain. A good bargain equals good news for us. And so the thing about Richard is this. Whenever he finds a good bargain, he shares it. He communicates it. He passes it on. If Big Macs are selling for a dollar at McDonald's, I'll know. How? Because my Paquet friend, Richard, will communicate it to me. If, if Jamba Juice has a buy one, get one free coupon going on, I'll know. How? Because my Paquet friend, Richard, will share the good news with me. This past week, I don't know if you knew this, but um, to celebrate the founder, Shiro's Simon was selling a bowl of noodles for 96 cents. Dude, that's a good bargain. Did any of you guys know about this? Well, I knew. Guess how I knew? Because my Paquet friend Richard, he communicated that good news with me. You see, every time Richard has good news... He shares it. He communicates it. He passes it on. But here's the thing. We have the greatest news of all. 
We have the great news that on, East, on Good Friday, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified on the cross. He died and he was buried. But death and the grave had no victory over Jesus. For on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose again. That's great news. And we carry this great news with us. And this great news, this treasure that we carry is meant to be shared. It's meant to be communicated. It's meant to be passed on. And so the first word is treasure. Treasure, the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the treasure. Now the second word that the Apostle Paul writes here is, but we have this treasure in jars. Jars. Here, the Apostle Paul likens us to jars. That's kind of interesting. He likens us to jars. I have a bunch of jars. I have a bunch of vessels here this morning. Uh, These jars come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Here's the thing about jars. Jars are uniquely made. There's big jars and little jars. There's tall jars and short jars. There's wide jars and narrow jars. There's heavy jars and light jars. There's thin jars and thick jars. There's smooth jars and rough jars. Every jar is uniquely made. And here's the other thing about jars. Every jar has a unique role. Some jars are used to hold water. Other jars are to keep perfume. Some jars are used to display flowers. And other jars are used to store spices. And some jars are used specifically for decoration. And other jars are used to make sure that the cookie monster doesn't get all the cookies. Yeah, I was going to eat it, but I might get crumbs. Every jar has a unique role. And there's one more thing about jars. Every jar kind of seems to have its own kind of personality. Every jar, you see, has beauty and purpose. And the Apostle Paul likens us to jars. You see, each of you is uniquely made. Each of you has a unique role. Each of you has a unique beauty and a unique personality. And each of you has purpose. But here's the thing. Sometimes we're not happy about how we're made. And we don't like the unique role that we have. And so we we say, man, I want to be like that jar. Or I want to be like this jar. Here's an example of this. When I was growing up, there was this group called Menudo. You all, any, you, some of you might, have been too young, might be too young to remember Menudo. But Menudo, all the girls went goo goo gaga over Menudo. And I was like, man, I wish I was like that jar. I wish I was like Menudo. Then the girls would really like me, right? Growing up, I had a hero. His name was Mr. T. Some of you guys remember Mr. T, right? Man, and I thought, 
I wish I was like that jar. I was, wish I was big and strong like Mr. T. Then the guys would respect me. And God says this. He says, no, no, no. You're perfect just as you are. See, many of us as adults, we fall into this kind of thinking as well. We want to be like this jar or that jar. We want to have, look like this or that. We want to have this gift or that ability. And God says, no, no, you're perfect just as you are. God says, you are a person of worth and value. God says, I created you. God says, I love you. God says, I have a purpose for your life. David understood this well. Listen to what David writes in Psalm 139. David writes this. Listen carefully. He writes, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts toward me, O God. God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them all, they would outnumber the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. These verses tell me that when I was born, God didn't look down from heaven and say, Oh, bummer, another Chinese baby. God didn't look down from heaven and say, Oh, bummer, Chinese baby, two billion and one. What am I going to do with this kid? No, God said, everything about me, down to the very genetic structure of my being, was well thought through by God. And God made you. You are one of a kind. You are not an accident. You are uniquely made. You have a unique role. And you have beauty and purpose. Now, this verse would be perfect if the Apostle Paul would have just stopped there and added a period but we have this treasure in jars, period. That would have been perfect. But the Apostle Paul instead added an adjective to modify the noun. And so now we have to deal with this adjective. And the adjective that the Apostle Paul adds is of clay, jars of clay. So what kind of jar are we? We are jars of clay. We are clay jars In the ancient world, clay jars could be found in almost every household. Clay was always available, and clay was cheap, and it was disposable. Here's the thing you need to remember about clay jars. It it was easily broken, 
and it was cheap to replace. And so clay jars were probably the least valued. Instead, probably metal or glass jars were more expensive and more highly valued. And so the question is, why does the Apostle Paul liken us to clay jars? Why not bronze jars or gold jars or silver jars? Why clay jars? I think it's to remind us that we're fragile. It's to remind us that we're imperfect. It's to remind us that we are broken people, marred by sin. Back when I was a a seminary student studying to become a pastor, I had to take this one class. It's a doozy of a class. It's called Grief, Loss, Death, and Dying. Woohoo! Exciting stuff, huh? Grief, loss, death, and dying. And I thought, oh man, this is going to be a depressing class. To make matters worse, there was an assignment that we needed to complete by the end of the semester. It was an artistic expression that we needed to turn in on the subject matter. So I needed to turn in an artistic expression of grief, loss, death, and dying. And I thought, I'm in big trouble because I have no artistic bone in my body. But I came up with an idea. And so in order for me to complete my idea, I needed to gather some supplies. So I went out to Macy's. Of all places, you would think, um, why Macy's? It's kind of expensive, Thomas. But I went straight to the clearance rack. You'd be happy. I went straight to the clearance rack and and the for sale area. And I purchased a few plates. And I brought these plates home. And I put these plates in this uh, paper bag. And then I sealed the paper bag. And this is what I did. I intentionally smashed all those plates. And it broke into hundreds of pieces. Have you guys ever done that? It is pretty freeing. It's like, yeah! It just feels good. So I, I smashed all these plates, broke into hundreds of pieces. And then I opened the paper bag and I started to glue and shape these pieces together. And this is what I created. I think you'll be impressed. By the way, I got an A. Okay. So here it is. This is what I created. Everybody say, oh. And I entitled it, Hope in the Midst of Brokenness. Hope in the Midst of Brokenness. You see, in the midst of our brokenness, there is hope. In the midst of our brokenness, we can come to the cross and find hope. You see, just like clay jars, our lives are fragile. And sometimes we break under the pressures of life. But in the midst of our brokenness, there is hope. In the midst of our brokenness, we can come to the cross and find hope. 
Maybe some of you this morning are going through marriage or relationship difficulties. And you are stressing under the pressures of life. You're breaking under the pressures of life. Perhaps God's word for you this morning is this. In the midst of your brokenness, there is hope. You come. You come to the cross and find hope. Maybe some of you are struggling at work. You're breaking under the pressures of life. And perhaps God's word for you this morning is this. In the midst of your brokenness, there is hope. You come. You come to the cross and you find hope. Maybe right now, some of you are worried about your health or the health of a loved one. And you're breaking under the pressures of life. And perhaps God's word for you this morning is this. There is hope in the midst of your brokenness. You come. You come to the cross and you find hope. There is hope. The broken pieces of our lives can be put back together in Jesus' name. So we live in this constant tension. On the one hand, we're beautiful. We're made in the image of God. We have a unique role. We have a unique purpose. We have beauty and worth. Yet on the other hand, we're fragile and we're imperfect and we're broken people marred by sin. We're beautiful and we're imperfect at the same time. Beautiful and imperfect. We're beautifully imperfect. When I ran across that phrase, beautifully imperfect, I thought, wow, that's a powerful phrase. You see, sometimes in life we mess up. And we feel broken. We feel like we're in pain. We feel like we're hurt. And it's at those times that we need to be reminded. We need to acknowledge. We need to be aware. We need to embrace that we are both at the same time beautiful and imperfect. We're beautifully imperfect. Sometimes it's other people that hurt us. Other people that annoy us, that get under our skin. And it's more so at those times when we need to acknowledge and embrace and appreciate that they too are beautiful and imperfect at the same time. That they are beautifully imperfect. Powerful phrase, beautifully imperfect. I am beautifully imperfect. You are beautifully imperfect. The people in our lives are beautifully imperfect. Second Corinthians 4.7 But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power comes from God and not from us. 
We have this treasure, this good news of Jesus Christ in jars of clay, in vessels, in vessels that are beautiful and imperfect. Why? To show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So why beautifully imperfect jars of clay? So that we might show off God's power. So that we might put God's power in display for all to see. So that we might depend not on our own power, but on God's power. And ultimately, we have this treasure in jars of clay so that God gets all the glory. Amen.